Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. Good afternoon. I am your host, Jennifer Stiers, and uh, I, I'm doing a Zoom today. So I have a, uh, a very special guest and friend uh, joining me today. Her name is Bella Gandhi. Uh, she is part of the Smart, or well, she has what's called the Smart Dating Academy, and she's out of Chicago. One of the most amazing humans you'll ever meet, and uh, she she does a lot of uh, relationship counseling also, uh, and she has, well, she does Good Morning America regularly, uh, uh, what, Today Show. Uh, she was a regular on Steve Harvey. I think he's not on anymore, but she, I think maybe he has an online thing still. She can clarify with that. And uh, she's been on the uh, gorgeous Harry Connick Jr. show a bunch. And uh, and she's an amazing human, uh, has a great marriage, children, lives in Chicago, just wonderful, wonderful person, great business, and some amazing advice. Uh, so I met Bella back in 2013. Uh, we were both selected as one of the top relationship experts in the country by Match.com, and, uh, and now they're not Match.com, they're just Match Group. And, uh, and then... Uh, again, a few years later, they had a second one, and we both came back for that, and so we got to spend time together again, and we've done many things together since then. Great minds think alike. We love each other, and uh, we love you too, and so uh, she loves what she does. She's so good at it, and I wanted to, well, first of all, let's bring her on camera, then we'll talk about the topic. So, Bella, hi. hi. <laughs> Grand hi. introduction there. I know. I'm like, Hello. Oh my God, you're so kind. I'm blushing. Oh, you're so cute. Well, that's that's why I love you because you're you are a humble, beautiful soul. Uh, I couldn't think yeah. of anyone better, Bella, to talk to about this because here people are getting back into the dating scene now. Uh, post, not post. I mean, post quarantine because we're kind of not quarantined anymore, but we're still having challenges with dating. And I kind of thought maybe we could get to people, Bella as they're getting back out there and maybe get some retraining back in uh, as to what maybe daters are doing wrong to uh, keep them from finding love. And I could not think of a better person and a more experienced person uh, to chat with us today than you. So thank you for being here. Oh gosh, thanks for having me. And ditto, I'm, uh, I'm in awe of you as you're an amazing human and doing amazing things and bringing so much love into the world and you're beautiful inside and out. So it's a delight to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you for the love back. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's so weird doing this Zoom thing. I know you were just as, uh, you're just as slightly annoyed at it as I am. But, but the cool thing is, is we get to see your pretty face. And um, I think when we're getting advice and hearing advice, it's so much nicer to have a face and be able to see facial expressions and all the things that go with it. So uh, let's play today because this is what we get to do. And I, I will say, I mean, this must be how sports players feel or musicians feel when they get together with somebody that does their thing. Like, it's so fun to bat ideas around with somebody else who was doing this. Like we started talking oh. yesterday, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh my God, thank God you get it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You have a colleague. I know, I do, and I appreciate it because we are in the trenches. I mean, you and I, we are in the trenches every day with people. And, and that's important is to understand that 
Bella and I do this every day and everything changes so quickly. This thing keeps falling out of my ear. I'm just going to have to let it. Um, but the dating landscape changes so quickly. And of course, COVID changed everything in the world so fast that, uh, that here we are. And, you know, we, we have to adjust on a regular basis. We have to readjust uh, what we're doing to be successful at dating. Uh, so, Bella, uh, I know you give advice all over the world and on, on, uh, on all these different, you know, television shows up in your area and stuff. I mean, what an honor to – how fun to have been on the Today Show, too, with, uh, with um, what is it, Michael? What, how do you say his last name? Michael Strahan. Strahan. Oh, I love him. Yeah. GMA is amazing. Yes. Lovely. Yeah. So the first time when I was going on, it's probably, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and they said, oh, okay, because you don't know who's going to interview you until you get to the studio. Right. And so just being in the GMA studio is like 50 shots of adrenaline and espresso. <laughs> I can imagine. And then in the morning, they're like, oh, by the way, Strahan's doing your interview. I was like, what? <laughs> so yes, it was, uh, and then of course he sees you and he gives you a big hug. You're like, okay, this is going to be okay. And he's so cute. He's so adorable. That smile of his, I just literally would just hug him. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And who would have known he would have been as good on television as he was. That's just totally amazing. Uh, okay. So let's, uh, let's get to the point. So we, what I thought we could talk about and share, uh, ideas about was what we thought people, men and women are doing wrong. And you know what, Bella, they hear it from me all the time. I'm constantly preaching over here, but, uh, I think it would be nice and I'm going to kind of let you lead the way because I think it would be nice for them to hear it from somebody else uh, besides myself uh, as to what they're doing wrong so they can get better. They can, sh and, and then it's not just for me. It's, it's also from other people that are doing this. And you kind of have, I'm a matchmaker and, and a dating coach. So I give advice to people that are dating, but you do a lot of online dating stuff with your business, correct? Yeah, a ton. And in fact, you know, I'm known to just riff. So something that's coming to mind, Jennifer, as you're talking about, you know, we're in COVID and quarantine and kind of yes, kind of no. But what I'll tell all of you about the dating world, especially the online dating world, and Jen, you can probably comment on this in the matchmaking world as well, is that this is an amazing time to date. As counterintuitive as that seems, What's happened is the fact that we were quarantined, right? And people wanted to keep dating. So, so many people got on the sites and apps that had not been on in a really long time. So suddenly there's all these great fish coming to see, number one. Then number two, it has slowed things down. I call it, it's like a throwback to the 50s. We're getting back to courtship, right? You've got, you've got this natural quote unquote barrier to entry, let's just say no pun intended, you've got a screen in front of you now. And so you're building this emotional intimacy. And so, because you can't really see each other and nobody's really comfortable. Like, do I kiss this person? Do I wear a mask? What do I do? I mean, where I don't want COVID. So right now it's such a beautiful time and it takes things back to the space where we can really get to know each other slowly and build the like versus just the lust. So I think one mistake that you might be making is if you're not out there right now, you should definitely be doing something for your dating life because there's tons going on. I love that. You know what? That is a, an amazing point that you've brought up. As a matter of fact, 
I, I have seen that. I have seen these connections develop. I actually have a couple. Uh, he was long distance, but it really doesn't matter in a sense. Everybody's a little long distance now. But he was long distance, and they got to know each other via text, phone, and video. And they would send each other videos every night before they went to bed. By the time they met for the first time, they were pretty much in love. I mean, yeah. if that's even possible, it's possible. And uh, it's it's amazing that there are there are some some unique opportunities happening because of what's what's happened with you know and this this crazy uh, pandemic. But it has allowed us to get back to some old school stuff. And I think the reminders today, if we can help people give them some pointers as to maybe what they're doing wrong. And that includes men and women. So why don't we start there? Uh, why don't we start with, uh, why don't we start with the ladies since we're ladies? Uh, why don't we start with the ladies? So what in, let's hit number one as to what, because we collaborated on this. What was our first thing that we had decided and collaborated on? I am going to look at my notes here because Jen and I, you put our brains together and it's like overflow, right? And so- I, I um, think I think I remember, Bella, I mean, as you're looking at your notes, I think I remember the first thing that I put down was that women are superficial from the standpoint of looking at things like a man's job, his financial status, yeah. his height. Yeah. I mean, height's a big one that I see here in Dallas. I mean, women refusing to take off their four or five inch heels if the guy is 5'10 or 5'11. I mean, gosh, it would be great, ladies, if every man were six foot or above, but they're not. And so, you know, the average height of the American man is 5'10. So adjust accordingly uh, to that. And we need to be looking for the for other things that make a difference, the things that are not as superficial, well, who that person is, what do they stand for, their lifestyle, their values, etc. cetera. Uh, you found your notes by now, so uh, chime in. That's right. <laughs> no, it's right. And I'm going to leapfrog on what you said, right? We still pick partners like we did 200,000 years ago. This is evolution. I want him to be taller than me. I want him to be triangular shaped so he can go out and hunt the buffalo, kill it, and bring it home to the villagers, right? And we still preference the same traits that we did 200,000 years ago, except society has changed so dramatically, right? So if 50% of marriages, first marriages end in divorce, 67% of marriages end in divorce, of second marriages, and then 74% of third marriages. So you have to stop and ask yourself, hell, if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, like preferencing height, to Jen's point, only 12% of men in the U.S. are over six feet, right? And what does that mean? It means if you're five foot three, like me, and you're like, well, I just like tall guys, my dad's tall, so I think six feet would be good. If you imagine a room with 100 men in the room, okay, close your eyes and imagine 100 men. Now, when you say six feet or taller, you have opened the door and told 88 of those men to leave the room. That is what you've done with just that one barrier, right? And then you want him to have, you know, a job where he makes $150,000 or more. Let another 90% of those guys bond. You're left with seven to eight guys. And so I think what we don't do is we don't understand, number one, that we're not picking for things that actually make us happy and how we're actually limiting our pool so dramatically. 
I love that. When you break those numbers down and do it like that, that's that's pretty that's pretty huge. And you know what it makes me think of, Bella? It also makes me think of the guys that do fit that norm so that that small percentage of men that maybe are over six foot and do make a good income, they have their they have the their the pickings. Uh, at their fingertips. And I hate to be ADD, but I am ADD, so I'm going to jump around a little bit. Why we're here, why don't we hit what those guys are doing wrong? Because they, they're certainly that small percentage of men that can have a lot of whatever they want, but should they? Mm, you know, and I think to your point, like one of the biggest mistakes that men make is I know that they're visual, right? And everybody knows even that men are more visual than women, although women are visual <laughs> as well. But it's like immediately if they're like, nah, I don't think she's that good looking. It's like, what are you looking for, right? Ultimately, it's like, come, I always tell, especially with online dating or, you know, in matchmaking where you're looking at photos, we tend to just, you know, have this Amazon Prime mentality where you can just, you know, check off a bunch of boxes and then that person's going to be delivered to your inbox perfectly. But at the end of the day, that's not the case. And you have to let things open up and breathe just like a fine bottle of wine. You can't discount someone just because you may not think their photo is perfect or she's not super hot. You also have to ask yourself, am I swimming in my own lane? Right. And I think that there's a lot of that. Let's just go there for a second. So I think being too superficial too quickly, like have a conversation with somebody, see if you actually have something in common. And then if you have fun and the date's easy, give it a second date. Don't be so quick to throw someone back to the pond because you're not feeling those fireworks, those butterflies. A lot of times those things lead you in the wrong direction. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I have a friend of mine that we've been having that conversation because uh, one of the first people he met out of the gate after his divorce, he had this great, he had this great connection with like a great, like butterflies almost when he saw her and it wasn't for him. It was not a relationship for him, but I have to keep getting him past. Stop looking for that feeling because that feeling wasn't valid. <laughs> I mean, it came for other reasons. Like it was, it, it, it was the first thing out of the gate. You never felt anything like this. It excited you to, to, to be with somebody that was also excited to see you unlike your wife was, you know, for so many, I mean, it's just like things that we have to be, we have to be open to looking at bigger things. Like you said, like who the person is, what do they stand for their lifestyle, their values, how they make us feel, uh, you know, the, the connection between, you know, between the two of you, I mean, the, the things that are going to keep you together long-term goes way beyond the superficial. And I think that, you know, from that standpoint, any guy or girl that's dating around a lot and uh, is, is moving through a lot of men or women, nobody wants them either. They're, they become a player and a woman can be a player too. So I feel like that needs to be said too, is that people are watching and they don't, they don't want to come into that. They want, they're looking for people that are also serious and intentional uh, right. about finding a relationship. That's so true. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned that, it, and it's it's a side note, but it's not, is you said uh, people need to swim in their own lane. <laughs> uh, I, and I, I like that. Is that what you said, right? I did. <laughs> yeah. And, and 
I, uh, I like the analogy because I kind of feel like, and I tend to tend to see people are ordering off a menu kind of when they, when they get into dating. And I do wonder, Bella, between us and everybody else that's listening, where is that discrepancy? Because I've often wondered, you know, if somebody, how does misperception happen where somebody may think that maybe they're in a different pond or, you know, a different league than they are? And how do we get them back? Because a lot of times that's why people aren't finding love is because they are swimming in the wrong lane. They're in the wrong dating pool. Uh, they think they belong in one, but they don't. And just because you can have something doesn't mean you should, right? So can you elaborate more on that just because you said it and you started it and it <laughs> it got me going? You're like, keep me going here. I think what I would say is if let's, if we can go back to online dating, for example, if you constantly say, you know, I'm emailing a lot of people and the ones I like don't email me back, I think that's usually kind of a warrior call to listen to that at the end of the day. Now, it may be your profile, it may be your photos, right? And that's certainly something that you can do to judge things up and make sure that you've got great photos and you have good text and you're messaging back and forth in a fun, sincere, kind, and warm way. But other than that, there is sort of a mismatch going on. And so whenever I hear that, that's one of the first things I go in and look for. Right. You know, it's, that is an interesting thing for me is the pictures. And we've talked about that. I think on our last podcast, we talked about that a lot. The importance of pictures that really uh, show who somebody is. And I know I actually take pictures of my, some of my clients if they don't have any that I like, because it's so important that who somebody is because it may be that one, because people are impatient and they should try to get beyond a picture. But I mean, we know that that is going to make a difference ultimately. But if you only have one, two or three shots through pictures to make a difference, you need to make sure that those are phenomenal pictures, that they're clear pictures, that they're, uh, that they're, and, and again, we've talked about non-filtered, but, but, and, but realistic so somebody knows what they're getting because ultimately the goal is to meet them and if they meet you and you weren't portraying yourself correctly or you photoshopped it so you're you know a hundred pounds lighter whatever they people do you're not that person's going to see that immediately when you meet and that's not okay that's not starting off truthful in a relationship and so you've got to have good pictures because you only have a few opportunities to catch somebody's attention. So make sure whatever those pictures are that they're that they're accurate and they're catching somebody's attention. I know I need to move on. What was our second point? Um, it is <laughs> about dating patterns. Oh yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I got prepared for that because I posted something about that today. People need to be educated, aware of their dating patterns. Otherwise, what was the post I put up today? If you're, if you're single and you keep, and I just hit it and it went away, but if you're single and you keep dating, you know, the same patterns, you're just dating different faces and bodies, but the same patterns, you've got to heal before you get back in. And I personally, personally, I know men, Bella, you probably would agree, they tend to be the quickest uh, to move on and just kind of fill that void so that they're not alone. But I think women are the ones that 
aren't emotionally letting things go before they get in. And I know you guys, I'm probably going to hear from you in a second. Uh, but I'm, I hear this from a lot of men, and I'm sure you do too, Bella. I would love your feedback as well. But I hear from a lot of guys that women are bitter or they have emotional baggage uh, from the past. And guys don't want anything to do with that. They don't, they don't want that. You've got to let that go first. So uh, what about you? Or do you hear that from gentlemen also? Yeah. And what's interesting, I hear that from men and there's certainly dating patterns that exist, but it's interesting. I hear it a lot, Chen, even from women towards men, right? Yes. And it's, it's really doing that inside work before you get back into the dating process. And like you accurately said, I think men tend to hit the road faster and jump back into the dating pool so they don't have to kind of wade through those emotions, sometimes to their own detriment, if, because what normally happens is you have a pattern and you get together with someone who was just like your ex, like you said, same woman, different face, different year. So ultimately, I think it's about taking that breather and doing that inside work and saying, my gosh, am I chronically attracted to people that are throwing me crumbs, that are not good for me, that are avoidant, that cheat on me? What are my patterns? And instead of putting the responsibility on the outside, like, oh, I only attract bad women or bad guys. No, take that responsibility and say, why am I accepting these kinds of people into my dating life? Right, right. Yeah, that's a uh, great point. Uh, I think too that, you know, when we talk about the mistakes that men and women make, so women, if you are moving, and men, if you are moving forward and, uh, or forward, <laughs> There comes Georgia. Uh, uh, when you when you are moving forward and you do you haven't healed, you're you're bringing all kinds of baggage in that somebody else doesn't want, and it will ultimately ruin a possibly good relationship. So sometimes we do meet the right people at the wrong time, and we're not ready. And sometimes you don't get another chance. So it's best that you do the work and then get in. So that when you you are there, you can stay. And I think the other aspect of that is, and I have to coach people on this all the time, don't think when you get in that you're just going to have this perfect person and they're going to be you. And that was the leads me on to the next thing that women do is they have these expectations for how things should go. And I will say, I do hear that. 98% more from women than I do from men. I mean, occasionally men will say, nah, she doesn't do this the way I want her to or that. But women are like, he didn't text me back within 10 minutes. And I, you know, he should have texted me back. I would have texted him back. Or, you know, he should have asked me out. It's Wednesday and he should have asked me out for the weekend. And now that he didn't, I'm not going to go out with him. I mean, Bella, need I go on? There's a million, the, the women bring in all these expectations of of what they think a, a partner or a man should be. And somebody's going to miserably fail because they're themselves. They're not you. So, so continue on. For right. You have to be the person you want to attract. Right. And also, and I think that sometimes we lose sight of that and we put so many 
hurdles in front of someone that they need to jump through to come and get us and climb over the wall. But ultimately, that person is going to be looking for someone who's got great qualities as well. So you can't, I think in the beginning, you have to know what red flags are. Right. And you have to know what your have to haves are. It's so for dating academy. Let's say we're working with women. We call that our trademark is high GHQ, high and good husband qualities. And we have a whole process to get people there so that they know who gets in and who gets let out. But then once you know, like the critical roadmap things, the way you're going to get there is going to be different right? The person you're going to end up with is going to be different. Love will always come to you in an unexpected package. It's never going to be the person that you think. And if you think you have a type, what you have is a dating pattern, right? You don't have a type. And so what I want you to do is just think about, my God, love is going to come to me in an unexpected package. And it opens up so many great possibilities. And then once you know who to let in, and like the kind of person that's going to make you happy and who to let out, who's got red flags around them, then how the process unfolds, like Jen said, you don't have to be so controlling about it and how everything goes, you know? And, and I think you're right. Women will say, well, I didn't like the place he planned for the first date. I said, but, but you told him pick your favorite place. And he did that. Now, you can't expect him to be a mind reader. And that's actually what you want. Yeah, no, that's a, that is a fabulous point. I do, I do tend to feel that women put a lot more expectations on things up front. And I think removing those expectations, I love that idea of being open to the possibility that it's going to be in an unexpected package because it always is. And if we go on a first date or in any encounter as we're just meeting a new person and not to put any expectations that it needs to be this or they need to be this and not put any expectations on who they need to be and just trying to enjoy what you're seeing, hearing, and feeling. That's how love happens. It's not on command. And so I, uh, I, I love what you said there. And I think we did we hit the third point for women on that, uh, Bella? Because I think when I gave you the list, I think that was, I think that was my third thing. And did you added something? Did we get your ad? Yeah, I think we went through all of them, you know, just through our, our normal riffs about, you know, and I think <laughs> the, maybe the last point is, and we hit on this in the beginning is what, you know, one of the things that women do is they expect that instantaneous chemistry. And if they don't feel that physical chemistry, they're like, eh, I'm not feeling it, eh, you know, and throw people back to the pond too quickly. But sometimes, and especially for women, that chemistry can grow on the second, third, fourth, 10 date. Hell, my husband and I were friends for six years before we dated. That's wow. a whole, that's a whole Facebook live unto itself. But suffice it to say that chemistry can come later in the game. And it can come, there's different kinds of chemistry. We think about physical chemistry, right? Which is lust. Okay. That's important. But a lot of other things can trigger physical chemistry, emotional chemistry, intellectual chemistry, spiritual chemistry. There's so many other kinds of things that can trigger that physical. Don't be too quick to throw someone back to the pond just because you're not feeling chemistry. Throw them back right away if there are bad red flags, but not because you're not feeling that whoosh, the fireworks, the butterflies. And typically, butterflies are bad. They're your gut telling you that something's wrong. It's fear. It's anxiety. But we mistake that as excitement a lot. 
Yeah, no, that's, that is great. You know, we, we were talking about types and all of that and red flags. And I think the one thing I, I, we always refer to it in my world as non-negotiables. So if you know your top 10, at least non-negotiables, those are your red flags. Those are the things when you see them, you know that it's not, it's not for you. And, uh, and so understanding that up front is so important. Now, you just rolled right into number one with the guys, though, because on the guys list, I remember putting, and it, it is always first for me on the man's list, and men will agree that they are superficial, that they will be the ones that will fight about. You, there has to be an attraction. There has to be chemistry. Yeah. And people don't realize, Bella, the difference between attraction and chemistry, and that chemistry can develop. As you said, there's many different forms of it, and it comes in many different places, but that requires time, and that yeah. requires a little bit of investigation, and uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? You have to invest in it. You have to be invested, and if you're dating 10,000 people or throwing somebody out after the first you know, something you don't like, you'll know, you may never find that. So do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I think you, it does sounds like you, you know, I think that what you want to do is, I mean, attraction is important, but it can definitely grow, right? And don't become too obsessed on that right away. I, you know, I think it's so important to just let things breathe because that attraction can hit you like a bolt of lightning when you least expect it and it can be so beautiful after you've actually spent the time getting to know this person like this person realize how many connections you have with this person you know and i know i, I got into the show this indian matchmaker show because fifty thousand people were emailing me like have you seen it have you seen it and all of a sudden you could see this brief flash of chemistry between these two people on a first date she's like well, I hate ketchup. He's me too. And suddenly you could see that as soon as they had that connection, there was a spark, right? Let things breathe to find those connections. It could be something as silly as you both hate ketchup and you want to throw your plate away if it's even touched it, but just let things develop over time. That is how that true attraction and that true friendship, which is going to solidify a long-term relationship can grow. Yeah. And, and I love that. And you, you do, sometimes it is those little things, but knowing yourself and what you like and what turns you on and, and just knowing yourself, that helps things a lot because if you know yourself and what your likes are, you, you'll be naturally, you don't have to look for them. You'll be naturally drawn to them. Uh, and so, it's, it is a matter of really being self-aware before we meet somebody. And guys, I get that, you know, the, the physical part of it is important. I mean, we all, it's important for women too, trust us. It's very important for everybody. But I find women are a little bit more forgiving of, you know, maybe a dad bod or a personality quirk or... Uh, maybe a guy not having, you know, his life exactly the way that she would want it. They're a little bit more forgiving and open at the beginning than men are. And men tend to dismiss a lot for looks alone. And and the ones that really end up finding true love, and we, we hear the stories every day, Bella, so it's great. The guys 
that really end up finding true love usually find it in packages they wouldn't have anticipated or expected. Agree? Right. Or, or totally not. agree. 100%. And that's where, that's where dating gets so exciting. Right. And I tell my clients this all the time, like love is going to come to you in an unexpected package. So email that person back, say yes to that date with that person. You never know, but it makes it so much more interesting. Absolutely. So, uh, so I'm going to let you look, what was the second thing on our guy list? Uh, besides the, uh, superficiality being first and that, uh, that, that thing with attraction and chemistry, what was our number two? It's relating straight back to that superficiality, the physicality that, you know, either they don't, men don't want to go out on a second date with a woman because they don't feel chemistry or they want to jump into bed with her too quickly right after the first date on the second date. Uh, yes. And, uh, that kind of goes both ways, I think today. Uh, and, uh, I, I yeah. <laughs> I've had a million conversations about this, and if if you make it all about the physical, you're going to miss some of the best parts. I mean, I I feel like a man that is quality, that is looking for a quality woman, he's not just interested in going to bed with you. He may want that, and you want him to desire you, but you want him to desire you emotionally, spiritually, and all of that intellectually, all of that as well, beyond just the physical. And if all of those components aren't there, it's not going to work regardless of how amazing anybody is in bed, right? Totally. I mean, we have a term called sexclusivity, where we don't have our clients. We highly, highly suggest that they don't have sex with somebody until they're in an exclusive relationship. And that could be 12, 15, 20 dates in, but slowing the roll on that really, and I'm not saying between, let's, between zero and hundred, there's a whole lot of play there, right? I'm not suggesting you need to, you know, be a priest or a nun or anything like that, but just, you know, just play it smart because if you're, you know, running around having sex on the second and the third date, because you're feeling all that chemistry, remember, especially women, you're having that a huge spike of oxytocin, which is the attachment hormone. And suddenly you're attached to someone who you might not even like two days later. And suddenly, and this is just the reason why I'm an ardent feminist. And I think that being a feminist means understanding how you're wired and understanding where your power is. And so knowing that if you sleep with somebody too quickly, you're probably going to feel attached to them if you're a healthy person. And this is how a lot of good people stay in bad relationships for way too long is because they're chemically attached. You know, you just said a sentence that I'm not going to let slip by. You're going to become attached if you're a healthy person. And because I hear from a lot of women, Bella, Bella, I hear from a lot of women and, and I too many women, sorry, ladies, but I hear from too many women that the sex is just sex for them too, that they aren't attached and they don't want anything else. And, you know, it's just a physical thing for them. You're not healthy if that's, if that is the case and you don't value yourself enough to, to value your body and what you're giving, then you're not healthy and you need some work to do. So I didn't want that sentence to slip by without spending a little moment there, at least to clarify. You're a pro. You caught that because that's a really big point that I think people miss. And what I said was exactly what you, what you just said back. It's if you 
find yourself okay to just, you know, have sex and it doesn't mean anything. Most likely there's some trauma in your past and it's really something that you want to work on to heal and it plays a really big part in how we attract healthy relationships and how we accept healthy relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, based on that, I think too and it should be somewhere in our list in somewhere uh in one of the little lines about intentional dating for a man and you know, it, it is it's, it's, there's a lot of options for men and women. There are plenty of options. And the only way you're going to find true love, guys, if you really, really want it, is if you put your, all of your energy into someone special. I mean, sure, you can, you can multitask and have multiple women in your life, but you can bet that 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 special one knows that she's not the only one and that's going to make a difference in her attachment to you and the, the ability for that relationship to go anywhere. So it is important, gentlemen, that if you really are intentional about wanting a relationship, that you each woman that you date, that you feel a connection with, give it a chance. Give it an opportunity before you keep moving on and because it blurs the lines. I mean, you go out with two, even two different people in the same week, you're not going to remember everything or you're going to start getting mixed up with conversations. Did I tell you this? Did I tell you that? By the way, that's the quickest, uh, the quickest cue that somebody is, uh, is playing around is that when they say, did I already tell you the story? Or then they tell you the story again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we're pretty smart here. We, <laughs> we kind of know where you're coming from. Completely. And, you know, we always have our clients, we have all these tools that we give them through our coaching process. And one of them is a dating scorecard and like how they scored themselves and how they scored their date and writing down these key things and key conversations. Because to your point, if you are, and a lot of people are going on multiple dates in a week, but you have to make sure that you keep yourself organized. And importantly, if you have a dating pattern, if you constantly find yourself with emotionally unavailable, avoidant, narcissistic people, chances are you have a dating pattern and it's significant. And so when we are helping people and working through those patterns, we make sure that they're writing down any red flags right after the date. Because if you do have a propensity for people that aren't good for you, your brain can start to expunge and erase those red flags over the course of a week. And at the end of the week, you might tell me, oh, Bella, yeah, the date was great. There were no red flags at all. That is so true. You know, it's funny when I have my clients, they wonder why I make them sit and write everything down. They're like, why do I have to make another list? Because the minute that you get into a new relationship, you're going to forget all the things that you just told me. Uh, you know, I'll have people go through Bella and I'm going to have you also look into uh, the second and third one or the, maybe the third one for the guys. Uh, but, uh, but why I'm talking about this. I know I'm so ADD. I'm all over the place. But but I make people do these lists of all of the people they've ever been with. So put your relationship down with each person. What were the things you liked about them? What were the things you didn't? What were the things that you found yourself needing from that relationship? And if people do that and they go through the, their all their relationships and start looking at those lists, you'll find commonalities. You start circling those things that you have in common, you're going to see your patterns. And that's where you have a blueprint for moving forward and finding the right person. You take all the things that you loved 
that are consistent and you consistently love, and you take all the things that you needed that you weren't getting that you wanted, and hopefully you got better along the way, but some people don't. But, but then you've got this great list that you've compiled and you're aware of it. So now you've done the work, you're aware. You also have a reference for the minute that you meet that person and your heart starts beating faster and you've got butterflies in your stomach and chemistry and attraction are there. And then all of a sudden you have to reference reality. You actually have it written down. Amen. Yes. That is key. We have a lot of lists and contracts that our clients make with themselves. We call them the marriage map. And it is in front of them, I talked to a client today that has successfully found love. And she says, Belly, I still have my marriage map in my desk drawer. Even though she found the love of her life and she had lost her husband um, to cancer a few years ago. And so she got back into the dating process. So for any of you who have lost love, I promise you love can happen for you again. But having that distilled clarity is everything. Yes, it is. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting because I do have... Uh, that widow thing is, uh, it's a big thing. I mean, I, I've, I'm part of a group and, uh, and I think also understanding that every love is different and whether you're a widow or not, it doesn't matter. Understanding that every single love that we have is different and it's great to honor what we had, but it, it's also great to, to have new love too and it may look different than it was before, and that needs to be okay because trying to compare anybody, it's not fair. You wouldn't want your new love of your life comparing you to, you know, their ex. You don't want it. They don't want to be compared either, and I think that's, it's really important for everybody, widow or not widow, that we look at that from a fairness standpoint and say, no two people are ever going to be alike and no love is ever going to be the same. So we all have to be open to new possibility and not try to carry, like I was talking about my friend earlier, not try to carry some feeling like it's going to feel like this. No, it's going to feel different every single time. And okay. you just have to go and honor with that. That's right. Yeah. Amen. You got it. What was our number three for the guys? Um, I think we hit them all. Oh, we did? Yeah. Like in the course of our normal conversation, it was point number one was it's the physical. Point number two, they don't go out with her again because they don't feel the spark or the chemistry. And the third point is not being intentional about the dating process. You right. na we nailed them. We nailed them. You know, I am going to reiterate that one point uh, about the second date, and I'd love to hear your philosophy on it as well. But as long as somebody did not experience like you call in the red flags or things that were were deal breakers for them uh, then if they have if you have a good time with somebody but the only thing you can say was that you didn't feel attracted to them you go on a second date because I can't tell you how many times as a matchmaker I've sent people on second dates and it was night and day from the first one uh, right Amen. okay sometimes so the real first date people is the second date yeah, right. Because all of the nerves are aside and yeah. people feel comfortable starting to open up and show who they are. And you've got to get beneath the surface. I mean, I think about that long distance relationship that started. And I know one of the participants was not so upfront and willing at the beginning and was able over time to open up. And 
if that one person wouldn't have felt something, just instinctually said, something's here, I don't know what it is, there's a connection here, I'm going to stick with this and keep getting to know this person because there's something here, that, that love wouldn't have happened, that relationship wouldn't right. have happened. And this was a guy that was patient because he just had this gut feeling that something was there, and it was, but it didn't, mm -hmm. it didn't happen instantly, but once he built a little bit of trust, it was able to happen. So sometimes what you see is not what you're going to get in a good way. That's right. And it's so great that he listened to that little voice inside and, and kept it going. I mean, that's everything. Your gut is usually always right. It's when we don't listen to our gut that we get into trouble. You know, I know we need to wrap it up, but I want to, yeah. I just really quickly, because you said it and I want to hear it eloquently come out of your, your pretty mouth. Why women do this more than men, uh, not listening to their gut. So what advice do you have for women on this particular point? Because I think it's really, really important. And I know the reason psychologically on my end, why women do it, but tell me your thoughts and tell everyone your thoughts, because they always have to listen to me. I want them to hear it from you. Why do women do that? And what should, why should they listen to their instincts? You know, women have great intuition. I love Steve Harvey. He's like, y'all are born with the better intuition. That's why they call it women's intuition, right? Listen to your gut. And I say the same, your gut won't steer you wrong. And if it does, hire someone to help put safety rings around you and a safety net underneath you. But you, your gut usually always knows, right? And that's why I say butterflies are bad because that's your gut bubbling over and telling you when your stomach is churning, right? That there's fear and anxiety there because this person isn't good for you. So when you start to listen to your gut, your gut will point you in the right direction. It's sometimes when we're like, and I feel bad for people, right? Because sometimes they're told so often, you're too picky, you're too picky. And then their gut will say, okay, I think that was a red flag, but I've been so picky in the past. Should I just give this person another chance? And I think it's really hard to be single. 48% of adults are single. So I think that there's so much misinformation and ways that we get turned around by ourselves and ways that we get turned around by well-intentioned people in our networks. And I would say, if you're having trouble with this, the biggest piece of advice I would give you is try to listen to that gut. And if you can't get clarity around that, hire someone to help you because help is out there and if you're choosing to keep doing the same things over and over again, like there's no need for you to do that. Finding love is the most important thing you'll ever do. And hell, it takes a village. Absolutely. And, and you have to honor yourself. So doubting yourself when your intuition kicks in is, is a way of, I mean, really it's a way we dismiss our, do we dismiss our spirit and, and all that, that we, that make us who we are. And we do have to honor ourselves and how we feel. So, uh, just make sure ladies and gents, if you feel a certain way, if something, if you feel like something's there, there's something there. Uh, and you need to be willing to explore it and, and open it up, uh, and talk about it if necessary or whatever it takes. Don't be afraid of, uh, being alone or missing out on a good thing just because, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't listen. Uh, okay. Bella, uh, if somebody wants to find you and I'm sure a lot of people do at this point, uh, where would they go? Where can they find out more, uh, about you and about smart dating Academy and what you do? 
um, you can go to our website. It's smartdatingacademy.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Smart Dating Academy or give us a like on Facebook at Smart Dating Academy. So yep. you can learn a lot. We've got a lot of videos, a lot of blogs. We have a great newsletter. So we try to give away as much information as we can to really try to help make you successful and find love. Well, thank you so much for being here. We, I know I, I have producer over here going cut, cut, cut. And we could just keep going on and on and on uh, about, because we love we love this and we love you. And, and what we're telling you, we're telling you because we love you and we want you to find love and we want everybody to find it. We all, we all need it, want it, and deserve it in our life. So uh, listen up, listen in, and listen to yourself. Uh, listen to your own gut instincts as well uh, and what uh, it might be telling you after today. Uh, so thanks for being here, Bella, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you all next week on Lovability. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.